Welcome to e-commerce gladiator episode 43 of global from Asia podcast. Oh yeah, Louisa has a man voice today. Welcome to the Global From Asia e-commerce gladiator series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia. Now, let's tune in. Greetings, I'm in Bangkok, Louisa's in Manila, and as you can tell, she has a man voice. I don't think it's that much of a man voice, but I'm sure listeners are curious, what's, what's the story here? It is, it is, it is a man voice, Mike, but yeah, I've just been going to my son's soccer games for the past four days. They've just been winning, and my voice has just been like, you know, I've just been shouting a little bit louder every single day, so uh, they bagged the uh, championship, so... Um, hence the my sexy man voice. Nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, moving forward, we realized we have some reviews on iTunes today. Let's read out another one to start today's show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always a pleasure we check reviews and we're getting more these days. It's awesome. We have a five star from the U.S. Tully, and he says this is the best podcast on business in Shenzhen, China. Mike McLean has become one of the most respected mentors among Westerners who are doing business in China and all around Asia. To my knowledge, he has the best Rolodex of experts in Asia ever. Wow, dude. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Dolly, for that. And nice. Appreciate reviews. <laughs> Supposedly help help us get more people finding the show on iTunes. So that is a very helpful and free way to support the show. Listeners want to get involved. Uh, also, we've gotten some great feedback and some action happening with our new GFA Partners program. Getting some new ones on board a little bit early. But, Luisa, what, what's, the, what's the status there? Well, we've just been getting some really, really great ones, and I've just been on a call with uh, a few of them the past week, and I don't want to mention any names, but I'm just very excited about this. I I hope everyone is, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, also, Mike, cross-border matchmaker, is this Friday? Yeah. Um, yep. You want to uh, talk yeah, a little bit sure. more about I that? Yeah, sure. I mean, no, this is the last podcast until the, to the event, and there's people from... We have people from Costa Rica on the edge of coming and, you know, of course, in all over Asia and people coming for the trade shows. So, yes, yeah, it's a, a one-day event. We've mentioned in earlier shows, Friday, October 26th, so just a few days after this show goes live. But it's going to be uh, insane as always, and we got some amazing new announcements to share as well. So stay tuned. If you, if you miss it, you'll be not the first to know, but you'll hear what's happening in the next episode. And for this week's show, it's the Gladiator series, as Louisa said in her man voice at the beginning of today's track. And uh, we, uh, uh, I met our business partner in the FBA business, our new investor and partner, Mark Roca. We met in person in Bangkok here, and we were, uh, why not just get on a podcast? So we did it live together, and we also brought in with us my, uh, Brent Zradnik, and he's, uh, he's a PPC expert. He has an agency focusing on Europe. So we're, we're hanging out my Airbnb here in Bangkok, and we're three of us sitting around the mic on a table talking PPC and Amazon. It's actually some pretty advanced strategies. I think people from all different levels will enjoy this show. So let's tune in, Louisa. Yeah, yeah. Want to connect with other cross-border business experts? Then you can't miss Cross-Border Matchmaker. 
It's our second annual this October 26th, Friday, in Shenzhen, China. It will be a jam-packed day of roundtables and one-on-one speed dating, business dating. It's about making deals, making things happen. Everybody loves networking. We're cutting out a lot of talk and doing all action, all networking, all business deals and finding hyper networking people related to your topics experts and business owners doing things like amazon blockchain import export trading and just business between china asia and overseas this is going to be an amazing one we got a great lineup check it out at crossbordermatchmaker.com slash china october 26th we are uh Europeans in in Thailand? No, <laughs> there's a couple. Well, like an American living in Europe, and we have a European living in in Philippines, and we're here recording at uh, Bangkok, Thailand, at our Digital Nomad Conference DCBKK, and it's it's great to get you guys together. I've met Mark for the first time in person to just today, so you're on the show. Two hours ago, before oh, really? we had lunch, we met for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So. We've been catching up and talking business, talking Amazon, talking talking life, life all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff. And we have with us also Brent Zeradnik. 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 Brent Zeradnik. Awesome. That's how we say I'm it in English. So proud yeah. in English pronunciation, <laughs> not the Czech pronunciation. <clears throat> awesome. And you're you're the founder of AMZ Pathfinder, so it's a that's correct PPC agency. Yeah, we focus uh, exclusively on ads on Amazon. So Amazon businesses, North America and Europe. Okay, yeah. exciting. And so we actually, uh, Mark has been really investing a lot in, Am- in Amazon PPC and it's been improving. I mean, we were losing on Amazon. He joined, uh, he joined a company a couple months ago mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, as a partner and he, we were even losing on, we were spending more than we were yeah, there getting. Was, there was more spend on that. Than sales. Than sales. So, so the ACOS was like plus, plus 100. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's a good position to start So from now it went because... down to like 40 something. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, yeah. Good job. It's <laughs> still not great at working on it. Well, it all depends on, I guess, the margins. You know, 40% might be sustainable for some people in some narrow circumstances or depending on the phase of the product, right? Mm. If you're starting still launching, out. so it's fine. Yeah, if you're launching, it's maybe more acceptable. But, uh, you know, as it starts to mature, no, no good. No, no. Yeah. Get it to under 30. Yeah. So we're at nine, nine reviews now. Woohoo. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, was it only one no. when I joined or two? I think maybe it was just maybe a couple. Yeah. We had just launched <coughs> when you had uh, joined. Yeah, lowering so. the price worked. Yeah. For uh, picking up velocity yeah. or getting more reviews or both? Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, from the advertising side, reviews are always basically going to factor into conversion rate. So what we typically see is uh, products, when they have a drop by even, um, you know, half a star visually on the listing, they have a significant drop in advertising conversion rate. So if something goes from four and a half to four, we typically see that in the data reflected, you know, within a few days as we start to watch the charts kind of move. So maybe not even the number of reviews, but the actual star rating. If they're good reviews, if they're not just like, uh, I saw a review on an Amazon listing today and it was two stars and the review was just okay. Oh. Okay. It doesn't give any feedback for anyone. Not useful. Yeah. The one that's three stars and say, I just got it. I'll test it in two weeks and get back to you. <laughs> yeah. I'll update my review. No, you won't. <laughs> You'll never be back. Speaking about conversion rates, um, 
Does the conversion rate on paid advertisement is normally half of what the organic is? Or what's your that's a take really, on that? That's a really good question. So actually we have, uh, just sharing one thing we do, we do a, what's called an overall versus advertising conversion rate uh, report, mm -hmm. wherein we look at the conversion rate through ads and then we look at it overall. Um, because Amazon wants to give you unit session percentage, but we calculate the actual conversion rate, which is um, orders. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of, you know, sessions or uh, overall sales. Oh, sorry. Um, and then we uh, basically have a sheet that breaks it out by SKU, and we look to see what the difference is. So if the difference in the advertising conversion rate is uh, much greater, or sorry, much less than the overall conversion rate, then that's kind of like a red flag. And we have, like, formulas that basically highlight that mm -hmm. in Excel when we break the data out. And then we try to investigate the cause of that because we can look at it like by campaign. Um, so we just have to mesh the data together from a couple different reports and look at it. Um, so in some cases, you'll have an advertising conversion rate that is in fact higher than the overall. Mm. And of course, you know the overall is factoring in the advertising conversion rate. So it's a bit fuzzy of a, of a metric, but it's something. Um, in which case, you know, you're you're doing a great job, or you have very little ad spend. <laughs> it's usually yeah. one of those two things. You know, if you're spending twenty dollars in like a two week time period. It's not really, that data doesn't really matter. But if it's a big spender, that's great. Um, but it, it is typically the case that the advertising conversion rate is lower than the overall. Yeah, I would say that's the case. And as far as what those numbers are, I mean, I could I could talk to some general uh, parameters that we see too, mm -hmm. but that's I hope that answers the, the question. Yeah, thank you, very in depth. I'm just diving into it and it's a lot of different things to take into account. Also, uh, one of the things is how do you decide when you had enough data? Because some keywords you'll have like so little data and some keywords you'll have a lot of data in just like a week. And people, from what I've seen, they're doing a lot of changes weekly when maybe they should be waiting monthly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. So we usually wait until there's a certain spend threshold or an impression threshold. Um, we make a lot of use of software now too that has more advanced statistical modeling built into it and takes some of that load off of our plate. Uh, but yeah, certainly if something's spending four or five US dollars, uh, it may not be, you know, there might be some indicators like leading indicators, like, okay, what's the click-through rate? And you know, uh, that that's usually a helpful one. But it might not be time to like pause that keyword or go set a negative or something just yet if you have, you know, reason to believe from the keyword you've entered is relevant enough uh, st still give it some time there's all kinds of weird seasonal fluctuations I mean yeah we had a client maybe two months ago that for back to school they just their account just absolutely exploded like and how many people have that kind of boost in August it's, you know usually people are talking about quarter four Q4, quarter four yeah. yeah or quarter one if you're in some categories but you know August just blows up and if we had come into that account not knowing that we would be like Wow, this account's amazing. <laughs> but of course, you know, they gave us intel, so we understood that. Nice. Um, so you're mostly focusing on in Europe? You said, you mentioned we hadn't said on the show but before we were recording. Oh yeah. Is there differences about those? Um I'm sure there's within PPC or even in the market. I mean, I think Mark has in his other businesses uh some exposure in Europe, but we're currently in US only in uh mm -hmm. in Cisitano. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, some some differences that might seem obvious to the audience, but you know, the markets are smaller. 
um, and they kind of need to be serviced in different ways as far as how you're selling and writing the copy, which is one thing. A really good example, um, I think we actually did a blog post on a while back, is uh, the German market. We're in uh, a lot of German and Austrian and you know consumers who are buying from that marketplace. They're not super interested in like, this is the best, most incredible product you've ever seen. They're way more interested in like, where's the case study? Did it win an award in a prestigious like publication? <laughs> Factually, what does it do? Yeah. Don't don't give me like the hype machine. Don't hit me with the don't marketing get hammer. American. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. They they don't like that. So that's a really good way to turn someone off, you know, in copy. Um, and as far as advertising goes, I mean, yeah, cost per click is like cheaper across the board. Uh, no doubt about that. Less competitive. We have great traction advertising. Even products that I would advise um, someone in the U.S. like do not sell this. Don't even try. <laughs> but in like Germany, it might be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> and the cost per click is still reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, kind of an addendum to this. Canada, still extremely reasonable cost per click, very easy to advertise for our clients in most cases. And recently talked to a seller from India, did um, some audit on, on that account and learned that the cost per click there is as low as one US cent for some for some keywords, one US cent. I remember that from back in the day. Oh, 2003, I was doing AdWords for penny bids. I think Yahoo, yeah. and, Yahoo and Google ads for penny bids. Like everything, so much, but not everything. But there was so much. You just <laughs> you just uploaded a keyword list and just said penny on yeah. everything, and you could get usually within the first page of the ads. We're still in high school. <laughs> How about you, Brent? What's that? In two thousand three, still in 2003, high school. Two thousand three, I was in. Middle school, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> like, hey, let's not, here. let's not make him feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we're not... I think Mark and I were chatting about Europe. I think Sysatana is still not ready. I mean, it's still really... We're, we're at 3500 a month in top-line revenue uh -huh, uh -huh. with about really one... I guess one, one ASI. One main skew. Yeah. The other is liquidation because they didn't work out so well. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the process i mean mark also has always said he's he's a he buys businesses he doesn't really start start them at least in amazon and it's true like starting is freaking hard we're talking about that today because yeah. yeah. you're testing the market you're testing everything so there's a lot a lot of costs he's kind of been convincing me buying businesses might be better <laughs> i think if you do have the capital um makes a lot of sense i was talking to one of the guys from empire flippers today um and just kind of probing uh, you know, asking some questions about like, you know, what kind of like businesses do you sell? What do they look like? You know, it's like, ah, maybe I'll pick one up in the future, but don't have that kind of money flying around right now. Yeah. It does require a significant upfront investment. So I guess it is a question of time or money. You know? yeah, yeah, I bought two of them from Empire Flippers. Oh yeah, good experience. Yeah, yeah the yeah. best. Yeah, they're great. These guys are great. And uh, just to go back to that liquidation product, I'm curious, what kind of advertising strategy did you pursue with that product, I mean, when you put it into liquidation, you made the decision we're going to cut the fat. You know, let's let's chop off the bottom twenty percent here. Did you say let's keep spending, or did you say let's pull back the spend? No, I'm running the the ads at break-even ACOS. Yeah. So okay. I think it's forty percent because you just consider that product as cost of goods sold zero dollars per unit because yeah. you just want to liquidate it. Right. So any sell. Any sale before you get the long-term storage fees is welcome. That's right. And long-term storage fees are more frequent now, right? I heard that the other day. Every month. Yeah, they're, they're 
they're picking they really want to get that stuff yeah stuff out of there <laughs> i remember when it was every six months yeah now it's every month well there was another another product we did that got totally destroyed because it the seeds weren't included so similarly batteries not included but uh oh wow. we did uh aqua grow greens kind of kit mm-hmm. and uh we didn't have the seeds because it came from vietnam and people were upset even though we said in the description it's not included people assumed and they customers always write the picture has something on it has a plant that's grown on it so of course there's expect that there's gonna be seeds oh uh, yeah i think if i bought that as a consumer i would feel <laughs> maybe a bit a bit mad so anyway we what were we 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 uh made it mark helped make a new listing because we actually still have stock that we sent so with seeds now with seeds oh good well, in that case great so running that, I think it's running at 50% ACOS right now, just auto campaign mm-hmm. for 10 days. Have to start doing the negatives and manual campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no reviews yet. Scared. <laughs> There's a kiss of death. I think one product we had had a negative review on the first, uh, I think it was that, that one with no seeds. Oh, it was the rough. first one was a one star. That's really rough. And he just said no seeds. Like, that's it. And didn't reply to anything. It's better to have no reviews than one bad one, for sure. Yeah, a lot of people just pull back their product, relabel it, launch it in a different ASIN. Yeah, don't tell Amazon. Yeah, Ooh. don't tell Amazon. <laughs> Shh. They'll never hear this. <laughs> they're not listening. They're everywhere. <laughs> they listen. They're everywhere. They're AI, Is man. this an Alexa? Are we recording on Alexa? <laughs> well, I bought this on Amazon, this H6, Zoom H6, but... um. So, yeah, I mean, we're not nearly at the re- level of Lisa Santano. I think Mark has some of his other businesses that have the re- revenue. But, you know, wh- what are some strategies you think for people? I think there's other listeners that are like, you know, in, in the startup or scale up phase. Maybe they're, you know, is there some differences with size? I know it seems like, especially on Amazon, but I guess anywhere scale is always better, bigger is better. Well, is there some some advantages or at least some tactics maybe smaller sellers yeah, could what's use? What's your minimum account that you take on on your Oh yeah, our, our minimum is 50k uh, USD a month revenue to, to start and and um, I think I explained when we were eating dinner just a minute ago but the primary reason is really uh, we can't we can't really move the needle otherwise, you know, if a company's already set up and established, it's much easier to come in and really help them take it to the next level than get them from the, the startup phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to sellers though, uh, almost every day, you know, some of whom book a call on our site or just, I meet at meetups like in, uh, in Chiang Mai recently, met some really interesting folks. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information about, you know, Amazon ads floating around out there and some of it's good, some of it's bad. Um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people in the industry and, and, and think that there is a lot of good information that's, that's for free. Uh, you know, you don't need to pay anybody to, to teach you how to do it. So really the one thing I would encourage sellers to do is, is go through some of those fundamentals and maybe even look at training for something like AdWords, which is a far more advanced, uh, you know, PPC platform. And some of those fundamentals carry over, although the execution differs, you know, significantly on Amazon because it is a closed system. The conversion rates are much higher, you know, the landing page that you're sending people to, your product detail page, is filled with competitors. <laughs> if you're on if you're on AdWords, you're sending them to your website ostensibly, and then you know they're gonna have one thing to buy. They don't have to worry about sixteen other things. Yeah, they <clears throat> Amazon just added uh, under your listing. It said what customers have bought 
besides this yeah. and then they just added a new tab that says what cost what you have looked that's similar to this right so and they have two rows of uh sponsored products related to this you know those carousels that, that go through the page um <clears throat> you know that shows anywhere from like what i think like seven to nine different products depending yeah. and uh yeah, so there's a lot of opportunity for that. And in fact, that's one thing. Well, this is a maybe a bit more advanced tactic, but I would encourage, um, you know, sell sellers to think about getting onto the page of their competitors and really figuring out who their competitors are. And um, you know, once once they have more substantial sales established, trying to consider bidding against competitor brand names, but also competitor product names. This is definitely kind of the last stage. Um, you know, you want to be kind of uh, up and successful already on your category, you know, shopping and browsing keywords and your brand keywords, but you can also then uh, bid on competitor ones too. That's kind of an advanced late stage thing. Uh, in the beginning, though, I would suggest just doing the old uh, auto manual campaigns. You know, be smart yeah. about the keywords you're selecting and starting out with. I tried the bidding against competitor, but some of the brand names are gated. They just don't get any impressions. Have you found about mm, it that? may be because you haven't built significant sales history against that mm -hmm. keyword. So it's entirely possible that since Amazon has no track record of you having sales against, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, looking at a, a Canon camera here, you know, if you're selling a competitor camera and people are searching for Canon and they're ending up on your listing and buying, that's like a vote, right, for mm -hmm. Amazon. So if no one's ever done that before, if you have a new product, um, you may not get impressions at all. It also depends on like category. I'm assuming mm -hmm. you're in the same category. Yeah, you yeah, it's, really it's, a, it's the exact same product. Yeah, direct competitors who have not, the same it's, offer. It's only made in the US, so there's only this big brand that's been selling it for 70 years and mm -hmm. my brand, no one else is selling this. So hopefully- They're yeah. like the gorilla, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have around 50,000 broad search on their brand name plus the product. Yeah. So that sounds that's like a, a pretty good target. Yeah. So you'd want to be established in your, um, you know, category keywords, generic keywords. Yeah. I'm number so one on first. organic. Yeah. Oh, that's They're a good number place to two. Be. Yeah. That's a good place to be. Well, maybe you should increase your bid. <laughs> oh, it's on like $5. Just, maybe it's just gated. I don't you're, know. You're making it real difficult, man. I'm running yeah. out of ideas. <laughs> I'll get back to you <laughs> after Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple ways that that can work, but, um, Actually, I'll, I'll share this too. This is another thing that we, we do. Uh, we do what's called target ASIN campaigns. So we take an auto campaign and then we aggressively put in negative keywords for all search terms that are actually directly related to it. What we're essentially doing there is forcing Amazon to spend against uh, ASINs. So those auto campaigns are one of the types that show up on the competitor detail page. So then you'll show up in that little carousel. Yeah. And sometimes like in emails, I think. Can you negative the ASIN still? You still can't, no. Well, you could back in 2014 when I started doing this. So then it's, <laughs> you can't then it's better to have different auto campaigns to target the different ASIN so you don't overspend. Yeah, you, well, if you, if you want to break that one out, you could probably have, yeah, different auto campaigns with different top sellers targeted. Um, to, to be able to control the budget a bit better. That'd be one way to do it. Or have them in different ad groups. Uh, really mm -hmm. depends on your kind of budgeting objectives. But yeah, that is a bit of a pain. Um, there's no way to do that that I know of reliably. There's ways we've tried, but it hasn't worked. And what about the changes on Amazon, all the rebranding? You think we're gonna be able to do the AMS without having access to a vendor account? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we already see um, 
sponsored brands, aka Headline Search, uh, in Seller Central for a long time now. I think uh, there's a beta that's been going around. We don't have access to it just yet in any accounts, but that's display. It's yeah. not product display. It's display. It's like a remarketing one. I've heard kind of mixed reviews about that. But Amazon, I've really noticed in the past eight months, they've accelerated the pace of, uh, of kind of like innovation and change and standardization for all their platforms. Um, so, you know, it's it's uh, instead of AMS now, it's advertising.amazon.com. Yeah. And they have the, what's that, the DSP kind of self-serve uh, remarketing stuff. This is like another layer. Um, and we're, uh, yeah, anything that makes them more money. Well, Bezos got to have that yacht, man. Yeah. <laughs> money machine here. Yeah, it's, it's growing significantly. It's definitely an upward trajectory. So that's why I'm very bullish on it. So we're stuck. Uh, I guess we're always stuck buying ads now on Amazon. Is you're, 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 There's no choice, right? I mean, I know Mark's investing a lot in learning. You, you do it as a business. It seems like organic is dead. I mean, it's kind of like Google AdWords and SEO in a way. Well, I mean, organic, never dead. But I did notice earlier today when doing a test search, I was, um, you know, we're here in Thailand, so I was logged in on a VPN to, to make it look like I'm coming from the U.S. And I was using incognito, you know, to make sure I get the real results. And uh, I did a search for something, and the entire above the fold was all ads. Headline, uh, four or five ad slots, a suggested thing from Amazon. Like, these are Amazon brands. I was thinking, man, whoever's in organic is like the one scroll down, you know. So still a good place to be. You're not paying anything. And those people, uh, companies worked hard to get there. They probably have a lot of ads. You know, their ad is probably also above them there. But yeah, having that paid placement for the right keywords, the right people, that's going to take your uh, visibility to, you know, a, another level, potentially game changing. What's the usual ratio of sales from organic to PPC if you're number one in organic? That's a great question. Yeah. So this this differs based on philosophy so we've had clients in the past and currently that feel hey if i'm number one for um for a keyword i want to back off the ad spend and keep it at a very like minimal level because i'm i'm cruising on position two position three organically right and other people say you know what i want to um like in 300 our ads will blot out the sun they just want to have <laughs> advertising blanketing everything you know they want to have no competitor is coming here. That's right. No competitors allowed. So that's kind of a different uh, mindset for sure. And some people are happy to do that, even at an ACOS that maybe is, you know, edging into unprofitable. And other people say, no, keep it profitable. You know, that means, of course, on our end, we have to restrict the CPC to a certain point that makes sense based on the conversion rate and everything. Um, but yeah, there, there are others who, who, who don't like to do that. So that goes two ways. And then to answer the question about the percentage, uh, the one percentage we see uh, kind of range would be maybe 30 to low 40s percent um, sales from advertising and like larger accounts is, is kind of usual. That's like a usual mm -hmm. range. Um, that's kind of a sampling from our clients, um, which kind of range in size. And, you know, we don't have thousands of clients, so I don't know if that's an accurate uh, picture for the ecosystem uh, as, as a whole. Um, Definitely, the larger the account, the smaller that percentage can be because they can start to do really, really well organically for a number of different parent SKUs or parent ASINs, sorry. And then you get all these products ranking, you know, all over the place. But yeah, 30s into low 40s is pretty common. Yeah, I was thinking <clears throat> when you have the number one organic and it just doesn't make sense to have the number one PPC, launch something similar, which has a lot more profit margin in terms of dollars, and then you can just target 
number one PPC there all right. for so like, like $3 a click and no one is coming. All right. So if you're saying we sell uh, chocolate and it's doing well, but let's sell organic chocolate at a higher price and then go for those terms and then we'll show up on ads and we'll be number one. Yeah, yes. it, might, it might work. But maybe those keywords for organic chocolate are more expensive than the chocolate. <laughs> so then you have a different problem, right? Because mm -hmm. it's actually a slightly different set of search terms that are, that are you know, led to from the keywords. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it seems like new sellers, I mean, Mark has been talking to me about it a lot today. I mean, to start in Amazon now seems pretty freaking hard. Well, it's certainly not like 2014, um, which is kind of when I started messing around with this from the ad side. Things were very, very different then, of course. I'm not going to take you down memory lane, but it was, it was a lot more basic than it is now. And it's still fairly basic compared to more advanced platforms. Um, I still think there's plenty of room to start. You just need to have a very unique advantage and you need to have a strong brand and you need to have maybe some kind of um, unfair advantage. Maybe your uncle is living in China and knows a factory. <laughs> or maybe you uh, have some unique insight about a product and how to use it that no one's ever thought of. I read a thread the other day on the entrepreneur subreddit. There was a guy who invented some widget for like a camera. I don't even know what it was because he didn't specify, but his business saw like explosive growth and sells on Amazon, makes a good percentage of his profit from there. But it's just like some simple thing he had a custom mold made for and brought it to the masses on Amazon and it sells like crazy. Hmm. I mean, Amazon at the end of the day, you know, it's a channel. Uh, it's a great channel. It's kind of a double-edged, uh, but... Yeah, obviously I'm a believer in it since we do the ads there and yeah, to the exclusion of everything else. <laughs> your product has to be good. It doesn't cut it anymore. No. Yeah, and a lot of those um, those kind of requirements you heard back in the day, like, oh, it has to fit in a shoebox and has to do this and all this stuff. I mean, that there's some truth to that, but I know sellers, some of which I met up with Chiang Mai, personal friends of mine, they sell products that are heavy, expensive, a little bit fragile, not super fragile, but a little bit fragile. Like all those things, they tell you, don't do this. And they're, you know, they got a huge business. They're doing fine. So <laughs> a lot of this conventional wisdom is, uh, I don't know. If everyone goes the same way, then it's just too crowded for sure. Yeah, it's a real business now if you want to go on Amazon. It's no more like a side income, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe tell us about... Your business, so you started 2014, and mm -hmm. you help companies with PPC in Europe or anywhere, or? Oh yeah, North America and in the EU. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we um we don't have any Mexican accounts yet, which I'm really bummed about actually, because I really want to know more about the Mexican market. Um, that's the only one we don't have. We have all the EU ones. We got all the North America covered except for Mexico. <laughs> so right. we're. Uh, well, let's try to find you some Mexican. Really, really what, what about Japan? Japan, no, although I do know two sellers in Japan um, and a guy over at Rising Sun Commerce, uh, this guy John from the UK, and he gave me some really interesting insights about that market. I know I know a good deal about advertising there, having never done it, just by asking some of these people. Very interesting market. Yeah, big, like shockingly big. So if anyone's thinking about selling in Japan, no one mocha else is there. Mocha pot in Japan? Yeah, I'm sure they, they would use a mocha pot. And we can ship them within two days. We can actually look hand, hand ship them. I'll go eat sushi and deliver them. They to love, the love coffee there. <laughs> deliver it to their house directly. We don't need FBA. They love coffee there, yeah. All right, maybe a new, uh, new idea. Or Mexico. Maybe we can be your Mexico account. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Mexicans drink coffee, I think. Yeah. 
Hablo español. Awesome, man. Vamos. <laughs> Vámonos. But yeah, I mean, also you, the European. I mean, how many languages you guys? So you have uh, obviously people that must know the language to do advertising there. Yeah, right. So that's actually one of the hardest things to nail down um, is having that native speaker context for the keywords because you can do a Google Translate like, all right, what's you know, uh, you know, audio microphone and in German, and then like put that in there. Okay, we got this keyword thing nailed. <laughs> But actually, like uh, you know, there's a lot more context and understanding and cultural. Um, forces behind a keyword you know people are if you just think about your own uh, native language I'm assuming uh, many of the listeners are English native and you know there's so many slang terms for some things and different ways to phrase things and you you won't just say well um, you know audio microphone you'll say uh, problem solution like recording equipment uh, or if you're having something that's like a supplement it's like oh like bone bone density I don't know if that's a search but people might be looking for something to solve that problem right so Understanding that is huge. Uh, so yeah, my belief personally is um, we need to have a team that has native speakers. So we do we do have a team of, of native speakers. Our most recent um, our most recent part time hire is uh, French. Hopefully soon to go full time. So <laughs> tell him to listen to the podcast for the good news. Oh, I will. I'm gonna <laughs> share it with the team. You better believe it. <laughs> Rock on, man. Tuesday. Um, well, it's getting hot in here. We had to cut the AC for the recording. <laughs> Podcast in the desert. Yeah, in the desert. But it was fun to have you on, Brent. Uh, so people can find you at amzpathfinder.com. That's right. Yeah, amzpathfinder.com. That's Pathfinder, like finding your way through a forest. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get a link on the show notes as well. And uh, thanks so yeah, much. It was great. Thank you, Brent. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me here in uh, hot Bangkok. <laughs> yeah, Bangkok hot and steamy in this uh, airbnb <laughs> cheers need unique content for your business who doesn't at contentinvestments.com there's a network of writers ready to write unique blog product review and other articles for your business as the saying goes content is king check it out today at www.contentinvestments.com where you can subscribe for one-off articles or monthly subscriptions. Check it out today. So that was a fun conversation. We kind of talked a little bit about some things happening with liquidating, some products focusing, doubling down, some strategies. And Brent gave some amazing feedback and ideas for technical strategies on Amazon paid ads in the future. Um, And Louisa, well, still have your man voice. Do you have a prediction for <laughs> how long or the next show? Will you still have a man voice? Is there more soccer coming so, or what? I really hope, well, there's going to be a lot more soccer games coming on, but um, I really hope it's not going to stay on for too long because I'm going to be talking to other, uh, you know, uh, upcoming GFA partners too. Very exciting. Great. So I don't want to be talking to them in my man voice. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> okay, so let's keep on rocking here at Global From Asia. And the Gladiator series must go on. Cheers. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Global from Asia e-commerce Gladiator series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia. 